my wife will be coming in shortly. Um, I think she's in the back with uh, Sister Bernadette. I think she's taking her vitamins. But let's give honor to my wife even before she gets here. Uh, we've been married 37 years. <laughs> Amen. And it will be uh, 38 this uh, end of uh, May coming. And uh, praise to the Lord. Are you ready to get started? Amen. Um, let's see. Uh, Chris, it's good to see you. Praise the Lord. I think Pastor told me you just got back from what, in Italy? Wonderful, wonderful. How's your uh, Italian coming? Is it getting better and better? Excellent, excellent, excellent. And uh, I, I thought, I thought uh, Pastor Hudson said there was another pastor here. Where are you at? Who are you, sir? Stand up and just say hi. Tell us who you are, what, what church you're at, and Amen. 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 And how long have you been pastoring? Uh, since uh, I, I think 
it's uh, sometimes just hard to keep up with yourself. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Yes. Can I take my time? Yes. Now, um, I'm not preaching tonight because it's Tuesday. That's the excuse I'm using today. Uh, but I am going to teach, okay? And um, um, I'm going to stand on two bricks and speak. That means I'm not going to run any aisles, lift my leg up. I'm not doing none of that. Okay, so that just, look at somebody says it's going to be about content and substance, not style or presentation. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Okay, Colossians 4 and 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Um, I think the version that I have here, which version is this? New Revised Standard Version, giant print. Uh, says, uh, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. Okay. Questions? Hmm. How long should I believe for something? If what I'm praying for doesn't manifest soon, should I give up hope? What should I do waiting for the answer to come? And what attitude should I maintain? Everybody say, the Holy Spirit's telling you, Spirit you. To, keep on to keep on praying. The word continue is a Greek word, proskotero, and it means to basically get face to face with God. It means to move forward, to get close up front. It means to be intimate. And uh, it also means to be strong, to bear up, to have fortitude, to be steadfast, to be tough, to be solid, to be heavy duty. It means to have a never give up kind of an attitude toward God and his promise and what you're believing him to do. It has to do with pressing toward something and being devoted to obtaining it and be busy engaging in activities that will cause your desire to come to you. What's interesting about this word, the P-O, the P-R-O-S part of it, it has to do with sacrifice. Look at somebody say sacrificial prayer. Continuing prayer. You could, in the Greek, translate prayer as a desire. And one of the words used for prayer is a vow. Hmm. That brings you face to face with God Look at somebody say, a willingness to surrender. The thought behind this in the original language is that you may have to make changes, personal changes, to see your prayer answered. Okay.
what it's saying here is when you pray and you continue in prayer, you devote yourself to prayer, you come face to face with God, the Lord may speak to your heart and say, you have to change this if you want that. Look at somebody and say, how far do you want to go? It's an interesting word. Continue. That means that things may not happen as quickly as I want them to. Mm, okay. I know that we live in a microwave Amen. culture, Amen. right? And I know sometimes we want microwave miracles. But you sisters know, those of you that may cook, know that sometimes you have to put it in a crock pot. Look at somebody say, let it marinate. Everybody say, let it soak. Everybody say, let it simmer. Look at somebody say, it's going to take some time. I don't know if you have been like me before, where, you're, where you get in the way of your own prayer being answered. Hmm. Okay, okay, I'm going to leave you alone. Okay, I'm going to leave you alone. The word prayer means vow. It means sacrifice. One time the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, God is found in a sacrifice. And that goes beyond the sacrifice of Jesus. Look at somebody say, it takes personal sacrifice for you to get your prayer answered. Let me say this another way. Jesus wants you to meet him face to face and surrender every area of your life to him. In return, Jesus promises you will receive the answers you're looking for. Greek word watch is a word that means to be awake, to be alert, to keep your eyes open for the answer when it comes. Mm, well, see, I could really get into that, but I'm, I'm going to pass that one by too because I can't say everything that needs to be said. Look at somebody say pray, pray. sacrifice, pray. believe. Persevere, give thanks. Now, this is interesting because this is where we get the word Eucharist. And it means to have a good feeling about something. Charis, everybody say grace. And it means an outpouring of grace and a wonderful feeling that flows from the heart in response to someone or something. In other words, it means I'm praising God in anticipation of seeing what I'm believing for. You know, I remember a woman of God. I, I think she was probably, she was definitely an evangelist. She was probably a prophetess. And one time she said to the Lord, Lord, I want to be closer to you. And the Lord asked her a question. What are you willing to give 
up to be closer to me. And then the Lord said, Pepsi. And she said, Lord, not my Pepsi. I love me some Pepsi. I can relate to the sister. Look at somebody say, you might have to give up to go up. Look at somebody else and say, you might have to give up for the answer to come down. Hmm, 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 hmm. Ah, okay. I'm going to try to behave. I'm really going to try. But I don't think I'm going to succeed. So uh, I know you have this interest in angels, right? Okay. So I, uh, this is years and years and years ago. And uh, <laughs> I go to bed one night and I have this vision. And uh, the Bible talks about the paths of the Lord. Look at somebody says, God's got different paths. Revealed in the word of the Lord. And, uh, and then there's the path. Okay, so you have multiple holy paths in Jesus Christ, but then you, ha you have the path you're supposed to walk. Right? The path of the righteous. Right? So I go to bed, and um, there's this angel, and as long as I follow the Lord and I follow this angel, I'm doing good. Okay, see, so I'm going to leave y'all alone. Now, on either side of the path, there, there are snakes and serpents and vipers, and everybody said devils and demons. Now, here's the issue that perhaps you have that I have. Because I'm going to bring you into it because I don't want to be alone. Sometimes I have to admit I have suffered. I, I, I received Jesus in 1972, so, you know, it's been a while. But at times I have to admit I have suffered from attention deficit. And so Proverbs 4 and 20 says this. It says, my son, attend to my words. Look at somebody say, the father wants all your attention. Look at somebody say, keep your attention on the father, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and the word of God. Look at somebody say, what the enemy's trying to do is get your attention off of. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and the Word of God. So whenever you are like me and you suffer an attention deficit, you get off the path. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in an attack from the enemy. And well, here's what's interesting is this angel would come and get me. <laughs> Apparently the Father knew I needed help. Get me back on the path. And I'll be on the path again. Everybody say, to the next time. To the next time. Amen. You know, what I'm suggesting 
is that maybe you need the angel of direction in your life. In all your ways, Proverbs 3, acknowledge him. Wait. I get the intimate knowledge of the Father first. Everybody say, not just information. Everybody say, experiential knowledge of the Father in Jesus. Then, when I give my attention to the Father in Jesus, the Holy Spirit and the word of the Lord, then he directs. He can direct your private life. He can direct you to marry the right person. He can direct you on how to raise son number one, child number two. He can direct you on what your career is to be. He can direct you on what level of education you're supposed to get. He can direct you as to what city and state you're supposed to live in, what job, whether you're supposed to buy that car or not. Because some people be buying lemons over and over and over again. Look at somebody say, you need some direction. And sometimes where you're being directed is not where you want to go. Hmm. Okay. Let me touch this because it's sort of necessary. Everybody say, give the Father, give Jesus, give the Holy Ghost, give the Word of God, your full, complete, undivided, continuing, constant, continuous, steadfast, faithful attention, which means in order for the enemy to really attack you the way he wants, he has to first distract you. And a situation has to come up, a person has to act up, a trial or a struggle has to come up to divert your attention. Everybody say distracted, distracted. And, diverted. and diverted. Okay. All right. And I, I'm going to. Most people have problems praying because they have brain chatter. Look at somebody say, the distraction begins in the head. It's going to be hard for you to experience God when you have all this brain chatter and you have a scattered mind. Everybody say, the power of evil distraction. I think I'll go ahead and do an advertisement. You, I, the Lord spoke to me and told me to do video books. You can go on to TonyKemp.com and you can subscribe. And I have a series of video books. The two latest uh, has to do with experiencing the presence and the person of God. And it's really from 2 Peter 3.18 where it says, Grow in the grace and the intimate knowledge of Jesus, your God and your Savior. 
Look at somebody say, you're supposed to grow. Everybody say, in grace and the intimate knowledge. Now, that's not information. That's personal knowledge. Everybody say, that's experiencing Jesus and the Father. So here's where I'm, here's where I'm going because I have to lay this foundation. And then the next one is called, um, and there's 30, 30 videos, between about 8 and 20 minutes. Most of them about 12, 15 minutes. Everybody say, and it's free. Just subscribe. It'll say experiencing Jesus. I think I'm wearing I'm wearing some sort of shirt. Is it a white polo shirt? Okay, that's what I'm wearing. Okay. And then I do the second one that's called um, that um, I'm wearing a suit. And it's 27 videos. And um, well, one is the person, the presence of God. The second one is how to know God, his voice, and his presence. Okay, here's the premise. Okay. If I give in prayer, everybody say in prayer. in prayer. See, if I give my attention to the Father, the Father has me. I will give my attention to whatever I am fascinated and curious about. I'm curious about the Father and Jesus, so I will give my attention to what I am fascinated and curious about. Whatever captivates me, captures me. So I want to be captivated by the Father and Jesus. I want to give my attention to the Father and Jesus so the Father and Jesus can have me. Okay, boy. Mm. This is really difficult. Because to really teach this message, it's about 70 or 80 messages. That's my problem. I always have to lay the foundation. Because one day I was asked to do this message on how to host the presence of God, and the Lord surprised me. He started talking to me about spiritual curiosity. <laughs> okay, see. Yeah. Spiritual curiosity. Then I start going back in my head and thinking, have I ever heard any preacher preach on spiritual curiosity? I've never heard anybody preach on spiritual curiosity. Now, let me ask a question. How many of you have ever heard a preacher preach and the subject was spiritual curiosity? Raise your hands. That's what I thought. There's two types of curiosity. Everybody say sinful curiosity and holy curiosity. The evil one says to Eve, see that tree over there in the fruit? Everybody say sinful curiosity. Maybe that's where they got the phrase, curiosity killed the cat. Look at somebody said it killed Adam's cat and Eve's cat. I have to lay the foundation. The Hebrew language is 22 letters. It's, it's a, it's a um, verb language, and it's a picturesque language. And um, to understand the word iniquity, we call it bent. And you can translate it that way in the Hebrew, but when you tear apart the word, this is what it essentially means. 
Everybody say attention. Here's what it means. Whatever your eyes hook into is what grows in you. So the enemy raises a question, did God say? The woman misquotes. The Lord said you can't eat the fruit of it. He didn't say you couldn't touch it. The enemy says you'll not die. So when she touches it, she believes God is a liar. Or he's deceived me or he's left out some information. First thing the enemy has to do, though, is he has to get her off the path by getting everybody say her attention. So she, he took her attention off what God had said and is saying. Look at somebody say, distraction. Yeah. Everybody say, diverted. diverted. Now, in the, in the book of Hosea, it says this concerning the Ephraim. It says, it's a, Ephraim, this, these particular uh, Jewish people, they are a, like a cake unturned. Everybody say, cooked on one side and not on the other. Everybody say, everybody say distracted, distracted. Diverted, diverted, divided. And a house divided against itself can't. So the enemy knew a principle that whatever your eyes hook into is what grows in you. Because whatever your eyes hook into is what you're giving your attention to. And whatever you give your attention to is what you desire. That's why the scripture says a tree desired to make one wise. She saw the tree was good for food. Okay. So... Holy curiosity is that my eyes hook into Jesus. My eyes hook into the Father. My eyes hook into the Word of the Lord. My eyes hook into the Holy Spirit. And as I, my eyes hook into the Father and I give God the Father and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, my attention, the desire for the Father, the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit grows in me. Still with me? Okay. Now, so the minute you begin to pray, all the stuff that you, that's legitimate that you really need to do starts to pop up one by one in your mind. How many of you ever noticed that? <laughs> now, it was there before you prayed and your head wasn't there. But as soon as you go to pray, all of a sudden the brain chatter begins. Everybody say, the scattered mind. Now, here's the thing, okay? Why do some people do not experience the presence of God in prayer? Number one, some people don't believe that you can experience the presence of God in prayer. Some people believe you can only experience the presence of God regularly in prayer. Some people you experience believe they experience the presence of God Occasionally in prayer. Some people believe you experience the presence of God regularly in prayer. Some people believe you can experience the presence of God often in prayer. And when I say experience the presence of God, I don't necessarily mean that you feel God on your head or on your shoulders or on your flesh. I'm talking about you feeling God in your spirit. Look at somebody say, you primarily feel God in your spirit. So, what you believe about experiencing God is what's most often going to happen or not happen. 
it's really difficult to experience God's presence when you are distracted, when you're scattered. The Father wants you to experience his presence. But look at somebody say, but you got to be present to experience his presence. There's people who pray, but they're not even present in their own prayer. Look at somebody say, you got to be present to experience the presence of God. I have to lay this foundation because if I don't lay this foundation, see, while I'm talking, it's going to explain your experience because you grow basically in two ways. You have an encounter with God. That's how you got saved. And then you walk through a process. Everybody say, number one, encounter with God. Everybody say, number two, it always goes to a process. Everybody say, in the encounter, there's the blessing. Everybody say, in the process, there's the struggle and the trial. Everybody say, the struggle and the trial always follows the blessing and the encounter. Look at somebody say, you can't have one without the other. In the encounter, I get a treasure. In the process, I encounter a trial. If I can keep my attention on the word of God through the trial, I have another encounter. The purpose from the standpoint of the enemy of the trial is to distract me. Everybody say brain chatter, brain fog, scattered mind. Coming back, Exodus 3, Moses is tending sheep. A bush is on fire. Everybody say, your God's a consuming fire. All of a sudden, the Bible says, well, you know, in a desert-like climate, things tend to catch on fire in that hot climate, but they burn out. But this didn't burn out. And the Bible says, Moses said, I will now turn aside. Everybody say, turn aside. aside. He decided to turn aside to see. And the angel of the Lord, everybody say the theophany. Everybody say the God manifestation. Everybody say he's having a God encounter. How did he come to the voice after the manifested presence? Everybody say curiosity. What if he had never turned aside to see? He had to shut down his brain on everything else he was thinking about and doing and turn his attention. Everybody say, whatever your eyes hook into is what grows in you. See, I could talk about, I, I got a whole message just on spiritual curiosity. Look at somebody say, he's just giving you little bits and pieces. Spiritual curiosity. Watch this. John the Baptist says concerning Jesus, look, behold the Lamb of God. The Greek word for look means to probe. 
To look means attention. It means to investigate. It means to research. It means to peer, to stare. Everybody said to focus. Okay. So what's the enemy trying to do? The enemy's trying to distract you, to divert you, to divide you, so that he can detour you. Oh, the destruction comes later. It is on the continuum. It's on the last end of the continuum. She's jumping ahead of my message. But I'm glad you're paying attention. I'm glad you're paying attention. <laughs> right? Okay. Now, I'm not making this up. Uh, put up on the screen for me Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Um, I'm really giving you the abbreviated version. Looking to Jesus. Everybody say, you need to be looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. In the original language, the word looking, in the original language, it means to look away from all that distracts to Jesus. When your spouse loses their mind and can't find it, it can be a distraction. When your child starts acting like you did when you were young, but you forgot that's how you used to act, yeah. it's a distraction. Yeah. <laughs> when you work with people that are annoying, rude, sinfully sarcastic, Where you want to slap them into heaven, hell, or wherever it is they're going. And you realize that they'll probably go through Atlanta before they get there. Because you can't travel without passing through Atlanta at some point if you travel. Everybody say distraction. Diverted. Divided. Watch this. Diluted. Everybody say weakened. Everybody say deceived. Everybody say delusion. A delusion is when you believe something to be true that's not true, it's a lie. And then everybody say destroyed. First you're defeated, then you're destroyed. Hosea 4 and 6, my people are destroyed. Now here's what's interesting. For a lack of knowledge. Not just information. Everybody say the intimate knowledge of God. Okay, so what is the real battle? Turn, turn to uh, uh, Second, Chronic, Second Chronicles. Second uh, Corinthians 10, verse 5. How many of you are enjoying the word? Okay. Okay, now here's what I need to say to you. You cannot... Pray your way out of the process. I can't lay hands on your head and pray you out of the process. You have to pray your way through it. Everybody say Psalm 23. 
though I walk through the valley. Look at somebody say, you can't even run through the valley. Oh, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. There you go. I'll be there in a minute. Okay. I was pastoring in Illinois, a woman named Catherine. She was really going through. She said, Lord, get me out of this. Get me out of this. Anybody ever pray that prayer? Raise your hands. Come on now. Can I have a witness? Can I have a witness in the building? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Finally, the Lord came to her in a dream and said, Catherine, I'm not going to take you out of it. I'm going to walk you through it. Why? Because the purpose of the process is to increase your intimacy with God. And as you're face-to-face -face with God in prayer, he gives you direction so that you could be an overcomer. Stay with me now. When you're in the process, God works some things out of you and he works some things into you. He who has begun a good work in you will do what? Bring it to completion. I'm going to make a sense to you. Now watch this. Follow the scripture. Casting down what? Everybody say brain chatter. Everybody say brain fog. Everybody say the scattered mind. Every high thing that is also self against. Now watch this. What is the battle? The battle is not just about you knowing about God. The battle is to keep you from knowing God intimately. Everybody said the battle is against your intimate knowledge of God. It don't matter if it's sickness, if it's a lack of finances, if it's marital problems, if it's problems with a child, a son-in-law, daughter-in-law, father-in-law, mother-in-law. Problems on the job, problems in church, problems in ministry. Look at somebody say, the battle is against you knowing God intimately. And I'm going to say this to the preachers. Ah. <laughs> I'll say this to all y'all. The enemy is not afraid. Of your anointing. What he's afraid of is the light. It's when you are enlightened that the enemy fears you. Because when, as you grow in the intimate knowledge of God, you get, everybody say, enlightened. The enemy is not afraid of you being anointed because you could be anointed and not know what to do with it. But if you ever get enlightened, the darkness fought against the light and the light destroyed the, not the anointing. The anointing only works when you are enlightened. Everybody say revelation. See, you got to ask yourself a question. Why did the enemy fight Paul so much? Okay, I'll answer. But first, I got to finish this. Bringing into captivity every thought, what? To, so, whatever thought you don't take captive takes you captive. 
Your thoughts are either making you or breaking you. Your thoughts are decreasing you or increasing you. Your thoughts are holding you down or moving you forward. Look at somebody say, it's a mind thing. Now look at somebody say, there's some stuff you can't afford to think about. Look at somebody say, he prophesying for sure. <laughs> Look at somebody say, this message got your name on it. <laughs> Look at somebody say, I know you. This is a word for you. <laughs> no, you go on to video book. It's free. Look at somebody say, it's free. <laughs> Subscribe. And then go on to the other, supernatural prayer, supernatural revelation, supernatural manifestation, supernatural foundation. Look at somebody that says it's all free. And then if you really get inspired, go to the store, because most of what's in the store ain't free. <laughs> what I'm teaching that's free is different than what you got to purchase. Now, man, let me have a little bit of crossover, but for the most part, look at somebody that says Some things I got to pay for for it to have its proper value. Amen. You hear me? Because, see, I can promise you this. I looked at Supernatural Prayers. It was 19,000 folk. It, the numbers keep decreasing because it's free. You buy it, you're going to listen to it. Everybody say the whole thing. Ah. <laughs> uh, let me make this other point. Turn to uh, uh, turn to Second Second Chronicles. I mean, yeah, Second Chronicles chapter twelve. I'll, I'll go ahead and make this point, then I'll move along. Oh, let's see. Let's do verse seven. Second Chronicles chapter twelve, verse seven. It's going to explain something. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of anointed people who are not enlightened. So the anointing comes, but since you are not, don't have the light and the revelation, you don't know what to do with it when it comes. Uh, did I say 2 Chronicles? I meant 2 Corinthians. Man, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians. Well, at least it was close. Everybody said Chronicles and Corinthians. It is not expedient for me, doubtless the glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Keep going. Uh, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Ah, there we are. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the what? There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger, Greek word, angelos, of Satan, to deal me, buffet means deal me blow by blow, lest I should be exalted above measure. If you'll study the ministry of the Apostle Paul, when he gets to a certain place in his intimate knowledge of God, there's a riot that happens everywhere he goes. This is not a sickness. This is not a disease. If you go back and study 
the phrase thorn in the flesh is in the Old Covenant, and it refers to an enemy. Paul did not have a physical problem. Okay, look. When he said, okay, say the, wait a minute. He said his, his feet was beat three times, three times beaten with rods. They hang you upside down. They beat your feet. You probably don't walk again. He got healed three times. You going to tell me he had a problem with his eyes? Who? You would have plucked out your eyes. You saw my weakness. Not every word infirmity means sickness. It's like I would give my right arm to have that. Everybody said just an expression. I mean, the brother gets 39 stripes five times and gets healed. If you have 40, you're considered dead. Look at somebody say, he ain't got no problem with his faith. The issue was the enemy fought him so much because of, everybody say, the revelation. Everybody say, the light. Here's your first clue. When Jesus appears to him, Paul is, everybody say, blinded by the light. The light that blinded him is the very light that makes him have abundance of... Okay, you ready? <laughs> ah. The revelation that you're ignorant of is the place where you're going to suffer lack. Is this being recorded? How much of y'all CDs? What do you have? Oh, okay. Uh, so what's the, you put it up on the internet, and uh, what's how do they find this message? Fire. Do it again. Go slow. www.consumingfirecc.org. So if you want to hear this again, because look at somebody say, because your head can't handle all this. Because you only retain a very small percentage of what you hear anyway. It, hasn't, it doesn't have to do with intelligence. It has to do with capacity to remember by hearing. It's very, very small for almost everybody. Look at somebody say, he has not insulted your intelligence. But look at him and smile and say, but I will in a heartbeat. <laughs> the revelation that you're not aware of becomes the place where you experience lack. The revelation you ignore becomes the point of the evil one's attack. The revelation that irritates you, aggravates you, gets on your nerves, is the one you probably need the most. You cannot grow beyond the level of your revelation. You cannot have faith beyond the level of your revelation. If you only have faith that Jesus could be your Lord and Savior, because you only have a revelation that Jesus could be your Lord and Savior, you ain't going to be able to get healed. 
You got to get a revelation of Jesus as the healer. You can't have a miracle unless you get a revelation in the word that Jesus is a miracle worker. You can't grow an arm or a leg or a body part unless you get the revelation that he is, Jesus is also Elohim, the creator. Look at somebody say, your faith is dependent upon your revelation. Revelation is in the heart. Transformation is in the mind. So you can have mental assent and believe it in your head, but it won't produce it until it's a revelation in your heart because it's the revelation of the heart that produces the reality of it in your life. You got to give attention to the revelation until the revelation becomes real to you. And then the revelation, once it becomes reality, produces a manifestation. Everybody say, meditate on the revelation till it becomes a manifestation. I never try to increase people's faith because your revelation is the jurisdiction of your faith. And that where you have revelation, that's where your faith is. Wherever your faith is, that's where the anointing is. Wherever the anointing is, that's where the glory is going to fall. Some of you right now, you're probably going to give up writing. Look at somebody and say, WWW. Consuming fire. CC. Look at my side and say, CC it. Dot org. There are no exceptions to encounter and process, process and encounter. Look at somebody said, no exceptions. Not even Jesus was accepted from this. He was not exempt. He gets baptized in water. Heaven opens. The Holy Spirit falls. The Father speaks. Everybody say, the encounter. Luke 3. Luke 4, 1. Jesus full of the Spirit. Luke 4, 1. He's led by the Spirit. He immediately goes into a process. Everybody say he goes into trial. Struggle. Temptation. Everybody say the Father speaks. The presence falls. The voice of the Father. Everybody said that's Jesus' treasure. Everybody say he goes into a process. Everybody say trial. trial. How does Jesus overcome the trial? He keeps his attention on the Father through to its completion. The first thing that Jesus does after he receives the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, is he uses his faith on his flesh to obey the word of the Father. And he lets none of these suggestions, thoughts, imaginations, visions, distractions, detours of the enemy take him away from looking at and obeying the word of the Father. Look at somebody and say, it's time for you to use your faith on your own flesh to obey the word of the Father. Now, you need to catch the, you need to catch the pattern. 
Because after that, Jesus uses his faith to move in the gifts of the Spirit, get the Father to answer prayer, and manifest the glory. Look at somebody say, he's the pattern son. Look at somebody say, you're called to follow in his steps. Well, I know, I, I, I bet you thought I was going to talk about miracle. Look at somebody say, if you can do this, this is a miracle. There will be miracles. That's going to happen. That will happen. Okay. Let me step back from this for just a moment. Everybody say, use your faith on your flesh to obey the word. Say, then move in the gifts of the spirit. Get your prayers answered. By God the Father, and manifest the glory. Okay. Let's do another Greek lesson real quick, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to shift here pretty soon. Turn to uh, second, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. I think I said what I was thinking. 1 Peter 2, 21. How many of you enjoying the word? Yeah. One of the things that happens to people is because they don't understand what's going on, they get stuck in the process. Notice here's what Jesus does, though. Jesus has an encounter with the Father. He experiences the presence. Notice I said experiences the presence. Here's the voice. He gives his attention to the Father all the way through the process. And then in Luke 4, 14, it says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Everybody say, receives the Spirit, full of the Spirit, led of the Spirit. When he completes the process, he enters the power of the Spirit. See, that's the difference. Look at somebody say, you've got to be processed. And the process you walk through may be different than the process I walk through. Okay, 1 Peter 2, 21, thank you. For even here unto, here, 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 to you were called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Hmm. The Greek word here for suffering is a word that means hardship or experiencing adversity. The Greek word for example is hupogramos. Everybody say hupogramos. Where we get the word grammar. It's interesting. Because here's the Greek picture. It's the picture of a school child who carefully watches. Everybody say, continue in the prayer, face to face with God, and watch in the same. A school child who carefully watches his teacher write the letters of the alphabet. Everybody say, the word. And then that child painstakingly and carefully copies each letter, matching it as closely as possible to the original letters written by the teacher. I'll read it again. Hupo Gramos, the picture of a school child who carefully watches his teacher and writes the letters of the alphabet. Watches his teacher write the letters of the alphabet, 
And then that child painstakingly and carefully copies each letter, matching it as closely as possible to the original letters written by his teacher. In other words, learn of Jesus and reproduce his example in your own life. Now, to give, look at somebody say, it's all about Jesus. Okay, now turn to Matthew 28, verse 18. We're going to shift in a little bit and do personal ministry. We'll take up an offering in between time. Uh, verse 18, Matthew 28, I think it's verse 18. It could be verse 19. You know, it's verse 19. Ah, first Jesus says, all authority, ecclesia, has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, ethnos. Teach uh, means to disciple, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I want to focus on the word teach. This is a very interesting word. It's a, it's a math. Tell you who. Everybody go math. Tell you who. Here's what it means. It means to literally to walk with your teacher till you learn how to think like your teacher, talk like your teacher, act like your teacher. Which means I have to give constant, continuous, steadfast attention to my teacher. No student is above his teacher. But every student who is mature becomes exactly like his teacher. The ultimate goal of Ephesians 4.11, where the Father gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, right, to edify or build up the body of Christ so that each one of us comes to the fullness of the height of Christ, is our ultimate goal is that every single one of us will learn how to, everybody say, think like the teacher, talk like the teacher, act like the teacher, in private life, and in ministry. Everybody say a supernatural life and a supernatural ministry. And the only way I can do that is to continue in prayer and be what? Face to face and make sacrifices as I am told to by God the Father in Jesus. Present your body a what? What is a sacrifice? It means to offer up one life for the sake of another. So Galatians 2.20, no longer I but Christ lives within me. Does that make sense? Okay. Everybody say encounter, process, encounter. 
What some people do is because they don't understand what's going on, they get stuck in the process. Not realizing if they will walk through the process and obey the word of the Lord, they'll have another God encounter. Now, I will say this. For some people, they go through a process first to have an encounter. <laughs> then they go through another process to have an encounter. I could show you both. Those, but those are always two are consistent. It's a biblical pattern all the way through. Encounter, process, encounter, or process, encounter, process, encounter. It's consistent. All right. Let's see. What should I do now? Okay, let's do one more scripture and then we're going to shift. Let's do 1 John chapter 5, verse 15. How many of you enjoying the word? Um, I was taught um, 1 John 5, 15. There we go. I was taught by my pastor um, to make sure that I taught well. The revelation of the word. And what my, my pastor emphasized to me <laughs> over and over, he said, give the people the revelation of the word. He said, do not build your ministry on manifestation. Okay, you ready? People do not grow by manifestation. They grow by an application of the revelation of the word. Amen. Manifestations will cause people to repent. They'll cause people to believe. They will cause people to, um, to experience God's presence and his power and will meet needs and will reveal uh, the kindness and goodness of the Father and the love of Jesus, but they will not make you grow. James 1.22, be a what? Doer of the word. Now, this is what my pastor said to me. He said this, and he's Jewish. He says, the people loved the miracles by the hand of Moses, but they refused to obey the word of the Lord by the mouth of Moses. You can have miracles in the desert and never cross over to the land of milk and honey. Look at somebody say, you're going to have to obey to cross over. Miracles are not proof of approval. Nope. All right, first John. 515. And we know. Ooh, isn't that something? We know. We don't believe. We know. Mm -hmm. Back up to verse 14. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the confidence we have. Because we live in Jesus. Wow. If I live in Jesus, it causes my confidence to grow. That if we ask, everybody say anything. According to his will, that's his word, he hears us. Next verse, please. And if we know that he hears us, 
if we know. Everybody say, whatsoever. We ask, we know we have the petitions we desired of him. Interesting. Hmm. The word pray here is a word that means to be adamant. It means to insist. But you speak to a superior, that's the sovereign God, with a sense of honor and respect. You pray, everybody say, boldly and authoritatively. By the way, these things that we desire, these petitions, have to do with things of a physical and material nature. Food, shelter, clothes, money, needs, provision. The word petition here means to be, everybody say, specific, Listen to this. It means to be exact, explicit, precise, detailed request. And because you're living in Jesus, obeying Jesus, and it's according, whatever you ask is according to the character of God and the, the will of God and the word of God, God says yes. We know, everybody say, we have the petitions we desired of him. Wow. Ah. But look at somebody and say, you might have to make a sacrifice first. See, we want to we do it backwards. Lord, give it to me and I'll do this. Look at somebody and say, this ain't, let's make a deal. Look at somebody and say, the price is what's right. <laughs> All right, you guys have been so kind. Why don't you stand to your feet? Give the word of God a big hand clap, will you? Now, here's what we should do. We should pray for about five minutes. And then we're going to take up the offering. And then we're going to pray for some folk. Would, would that work for you? Amen. Now, please, when you go home tonight, don't watch TV. Go over in your head as many of the points of this word from the Lord that you can remember. Because you have to meditate on it to remember it. Does that make sense to you? The measure of thought that you give to it, the measure of meditation you give to it, causes the revelation to become a reality in you. Then it begins to produce in you and for you. Does that make sense? Amen. Okay. So let's take five minutes, and I really actually do mean five minutes, to praise the Lord. I have 840. I'm going to sit down till 845. <laughs> Y'all can begin to praise God in English, Spanish, tongues, or whatever it is you do. 